Football Coach Podcast today. We have Coach Pereira. Coach, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me back on, Coach. Good to be here. Yeah, and you're in a new location. You know, you were just telling me you've been moved by your daughter into a new office. <laughs> Different spot in the house, same scenario. It's all good. And uh, yeah, we're actually probably going to turn her apartment into a, maybe an Airbnb. Someday. We'll see. Okay. Oh, man, that's good stuff. You can make some cash doing that stuff these days. We hope. Yeah. yeah. That's good, Coach. So, Coach, what's new, man? What's going on with you? Well, you know, it's the holidays. Uh, we are, you know, in the weight room right now. Uh, season ended. And uh, I'll tell you, we, we've been a perennial playoff team for the last eight years. And uh, this year we didn't make it. I'm sure that'll be part of the conversation today. But we got them back in the weight room early this year. We usually wait till January. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we, we felt like we needed a, a little kickstart, put them in there pretty quick. And they were, they were fired up to go in. So we even had a – we're out of school now, but we even had a lift this morning, had about 25 guys, which is, oh, wow. I would say, good for being in the holidays. So. Mm-hmm. That's good, Coach. Yeah, we <laughs> – our season was the story of injuries, turnovers – some youth and yeah that i i hear you yeah it's just sometimes you have those years and you learn from them and just keep moving <laughs> yeah i tell you coach i wish i could have used injuries and turnovers uh as our reason for a rough season but it, it was it was more than that and uh <laughs> we we were extremely inexperienced uh mm. this year after having what was it four or three well four very solid senior classes uh, this senior group walked in with, you know, 15 guys or whatever, but two that had solid experience mm-hmm. and uh, everybody behind them had zero experience. Oh man. So it, it, it became the perfect storm in various ways very quickly. Um, and, uh, something we can certainly build on that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you learn from this year? What, what made you a better coach this year? I'll tell you, I, I learned that this year might have been my worst year coaching, and and what what caused that, and and the, what's what's great about our conversation today, coach, is I'm literally sitting here, still mapping out, okay, what happened, and, and what can we do, and so mm-hmm. this conversation is is very real. It's still very mm-hmm. real happening uh, in, in front of our eyes, but. Um, once again, lack of experience. Uh, we had some athletes, um, you know, mm-hmm. that, that were athletic. Um, but when it came to knowledge of the game, they were lacking. And it, it's kind of hard to figure out where we are in an offseason with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some seven-on-seven seven work, you know, like we always do. And and saw some some flags that went up during that. But we also saw some guys do some good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know, as well as me an off season can be the greatest thing for a coach and can be the worst depending on how much thinking you do. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, I'm a, you know, if I'm an artist in any way, it's in drawing plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I did way too much overthinking with regards to, all right, what can this group do? Um, and walked into August with, all right, we're going to add some option elements. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Uh, mm. These guys handle this. I couldn't have been more wrong. Mm. And so instead of 
going into the season with, all right, this is what we are. This is what we do. And let's see what we can add to it. Mm-hmm. We went in thinking we could do this, that, and the other thing. And as a result, it, it made us worse for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was hard not having coached these guys, a lot of them, you know, guys coming through the JV ranks. Uh, it was hard to know what they could do. And mm-hmm. we, we made assumptions. I made assumptions that, you know, ended up being pretty incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so had we gone into the season with just the basics and kept it as basic as possible, run your few plays that you know real well and mastered those, probably would have had a little more success early on mm-hmm. and would have, you know, I mean, we were three and seven. And it, well, we started out 0-5. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. so uh, that that's not normal for us at all. Mm-hmm. And, and of those five, a couple of them were pretty bad. A couple of them we could have won, should have won, and didn't. Mm-hmm. So I I just learned, and, and uh, you know, having not really had too many years of that much lack of experience, I've learned whatever it is we do, when you're that inexperienced, you go in with the bare basics and get mm-hmm. as good as you possibly can with that. And then build from that throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was that was a lot of what we learned from this. And it's funny because I, I, I was telling my coaches last week, I'm like, yeah, this is by far my worst coaching job for the very reason I just explained to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of came back with a coach. Some of this is personnel related, too. I mean, you know our our seniors not having experience also lacked experience i mean lacked experience in the leadership realm and mm-hmm. some of the guys behind them tried to pick up you know that part of it but it it turned into the blind leading the blind for all intents and purposes mm-hmm. so you know it ended up in the end our our two best players uh, we had two running backs that were really good this year um freshmen both of them mm-hmm. and, and one of them transferred in the week school started we knew he was coming from alabama a, a military move but mm-hmm. we didn't you know, dad told us well this kid can play this and that you know you've heard those stories and oh, yeah. come in, and, and we realized pretty quick yeah this kid can play but we had to start him on jv for a while because he moved in the first week of school you know we mm-hmm. were already a month in with preseason uh, and they both ended up doing really well for us, but they both at one point got hurt too. And mm. so that, that did factor in a little bit with us. Mm. So that's kind of part of what I'm learning from this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We very similar here. I, we added some guys who played, who didn't play football the year before and, you know, tried to develop some things offensively. They take advantage of their skill set. They yeah. were good players. And then, but then gotten uh, different personnel groupings and we hadn't done that, have not done that much here. And then, you know, base some, we had, a, we had base plays, but I think we had too much variation of formation and trying to get too many things happen, making too many things happen, you know, be a power run team, be able to throw it and out of the spread. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, we're going to go back to being one or two formations and a handful of plays and, Let's go let it rip. Let's just be really good at what we do and not worry about the other stuff. 
Well, it's funny that you say that. My, my thinking going into next year is cut the plays down and go more on formations mm. um, with those few plays. Um, mm. You know, but it, it, however you look at it, it, it both right. works. Um, right, of course. You know, now I uh, I don't mean to bring up bad memories. Uh, you know, you and I spoke a year ago, or the last time we spoke, and and, and mm. I'm friends with Tyler Ferris. Oh yeah, Bridgeport, and I know that. I know that you guys played them this year and mm-hmm. uh, I actually watched a whole bunch of Bridgeport games on YouTube and mm-hmm. got in touch with Tyler mid season. And I was like, you know what? I might need to do some of what you're doing and just hone it down to three basic series. Mm-hmm. And that definitely factored into our having a winning record in the second half of the season mm-hmm. um, because it, it, for no other reason, it just allowed us to lock in. This is what we do, and this is mm-hmm. what we're going to do going forward. Um, I I don't know. I'm going to go back and be exactly that same next year. I think I'm still going to be what we do, right? And, and have, but it reminded me of what I like with football anyway, and that is to be series based. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have two or three different types of series, and you, and you just build on that. Mm-hmm. You know, have plays that look like other plays, backfield motions that look like other backfield motions. That sort of thing, and it amazes me. You know, he goes to the what the the state semis. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be honest with ourselves. Tyler Ferris is running eight plays, maybe ten, and he's oh, yeah, just sure. really good at what they do. Yes, and you know they don't throw the ball. And it's like what the heck. So mm-hmm. he's proving you and me right. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just got to figure out how to how to be a little more like what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, we we I thought. Uh, some of my coaches up, we talk football with him and talking program stuff and me and him yeah. text pretty often. We're so close. So I sent him a Christmas card. You know, I consider him a pretty close, close cool. guy. That's uh, awesome. And he's single wing, but I'm more, see Bridgeport used to be stick eye or power yeah. pistol stuff. Yep. Which is basically the stick eye out of the power pistol. You just move the backs over like the blocking back, the fullback and yep. the tailbacks behind. Yep. And Tyler is a single wing person. I like the stick eye power pistol stuff they used to do. And I will do sure. some of that, I think, going forward here. Um, but yeah, man, sure. he does a great job there. And Bridgeport's been so good for so long. That's, that's a wonderful program up there. Well, they do thing. And Coach, here's the thing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mean to be talking Bridgeport football with you and me on this podcast, but that's fine. I'm 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 watching them I'm watching them on film and the, you know, they're not an imposing looking team to me. I mean, they, they look good. They look like right. guys that hit the weight room. Mm-hmm. But like, I even looked them up. I mean, the running backs are like 175 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just extremely good at what they do. Yes. Um, I mean, they played in the, what was it, the, the quarterfinals? Cabell, what, what is that school? Cabell, Cabell Midlands, one of the largest schools in the state. Yeah. Okay. That team looked ferocious i mean they look huge they had two division one players that just signed <laughs> yeah no yeah. doubt in my mind i was looking at that and and early on it looked like you know tyler might be in a little trouble mm-hmm. and then that stopped immediately and mm-hmm. you know they just did their thing now, I, I know they lost in the, the semis in this basketball score game which is crazy. 73 70 g was and and the way they came back 41 points in the fourth quarter that that's nuts but mm-hmm. It's just, it's crazy, you know, and, and I've been in that situation at York a couple of times where 
you know, we look pretty good, but there's guys on the other side of just like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. But we were able to take care of our business. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to need. I need to get back to with this group as soon as possible that mm-hmm. you know, we can line up and just take care of our business. I love that phrase. Just take care of our business. Be more concerned about what we do than what the other team does. Yeah. And. Yep. I got away. We're doing that with defense too. We're really, we're cutting back on some of our defensive stuff and just Mm -hmm. forget what they do, but Mm -hmm. make sure we know what we're doing. And if we're handling our rules correctly, Mm -hmm. then it it should take care of itself a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because you're preaching gospel, man, because we got away from, I've always, you know, until, you know, last year we were trying to do some different things, trying to give ourselves a chance to get in the playoffs and just did too much. Just did too much trying to hide some personnel things, right? You're trying yep. to hide a guy here, hide a guy there, or yep, and just did a little too much. And but like this is this is therapeutic here. You're you're telling me things. I'm going, yeah. That's why I've been thinking all off season, you know, yeah. these last couple months. Of let's just get or back month. It's only about a month, but let's get back to just doing what we do and not really caring about what the other team does. Coach, let me ask you something. How many how many guys do you have in your program total? About 55. 55. All right. So can we say that it's half and a half varsity JV? Shoot, for us, it's we have more kids on JV than we do varsity. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're looking at 30-ish, if no, not even, 25 on varsity? We play – shoot, Coach, sometimes last year we were only playing 16 guys on a Friday night. So okay. we're around, if we're around 20, that's good for us at on varsity. Gotcha. Okay. So we're, we're, we're a bigger school than you guys are, but I came from a school uh, in Tappahannock, Virginia, Essex high school who, who just played in the state championship. Mm-hmm. They, they've been there multiple times over the years. And uh, that's where I was for four years after my New Hampshire stint. Mm-hmm. I bring it up because we've got Sixty, between sixty-five and seventy in our program total, mm-hmm. um, and it's pretty much a half and half. Although this coming year it's going to be much heavier varsity than JV, mm-hmm. and I bring it up because we're toying with something. Because Essex went to a state championship, mm-hmm. I asked the coach. I said, "How many guys did you have in your varsity program?" He said, "34." Mm-hmm. And he and I talked routinely. Um, he had he went two platoon with 34 guys. Oh wow! And I'm like, for one, obviously you got some athletes to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, the week of the state championship, I texted him and I said, Todd, are you still two platoon? You know, going into the championship, he goes minus two guys who basically played both ways all year. Yes, mm-hmm. we've been two platoon. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder. And so we sat down with our roster and developed what we think could be a two platoon scenario. And I, I called Todd and I said, all right, so if you're two platooned at 34 guys, you're giving up talent in certain spots. You have to be mm-hmm. to, to stay two platoon. And he said, yeah, basically, because he had all freshmen, sophomores, and a handful of juniors, and they're super young. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, I took my hits early on. Uh, you know, like I had a guard. I, I could have put a better guy there, but – he survived it, and over time, what I found was with them practicing every day on offense or every day on defense, mm-hmm. they figured it out. 
Mm. And so it, it, it allowed us to, to be successful. I mean, they started up the season barely beating not great teams. And then by midseason, they're putting up 55 points a game like they normally do. Jeez. And I bring that up because I'm sitting here with my staff the other day. We pulled up an entire depth chart, including JBs. We, mm-hmm. we decided, can we be one program and go two platooned, have the JVs be scout guys, but also still learn what they need to learn? Mm-hmm. And then they go in with what they have. There are a few plays on a Wednesday night. That's when we play our JV games mm-hmm. and do their thing. And what we're finding is we think that we can definitely do this. Mm. Yeah. Call me in October and ask me again, you know. Right, right yeah. But we're, what we were thinking is we're going to do like an 80 20 thing where 80% of practice, you're on one side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And then maybe for 20%, you go over to the other side, but you're just repping plays or repping the defensive sets in case we need you, mm-hmm. you know, to step over there. And that mm-hmm. that is something that's catching our eye real heavy right now. Once again, it may not work, but right at the moment, we all feel like it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is... I don't know if you do this, Coach, but I went into the season once again thinking these guys know this. They're going to know this. They're going to know that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have been more wrong. When we switched up to more Tyler Ferris stuff, we went wristbands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the whole concept of you have all the plays on the wristband. Mm-hmm. When you call a, a color and a number or whatever, it's the play, but it's telling each guy what his actual job should be. Mm-hmm. And that gets a little tricky sometimes with that, but the wristbands absolutely helped us. And Mm. that was another part of me saying I I should have had wristbands back in August. I should have had wristbands in July. Mm. Um, I don't Mm. know if you guys ever fooled with those. We have done wristbands for the quarterback. Like I'll tell him a number and he he gets in the huddle and calls the play. We did that this year. And then in the past, I've just had the whole call on there. No formation but it would have the play call on the band. Uh, I know yep. people have done assignments on the band. Yeah. Some people love it. Like you were saying, some people just, it didn't work out for them as, as well. Yeah. Because for the old line, the rules can change in a second. If a guy right. moves six inches to the right or left, the rule changes. Mm-hmm. And it's what I was able to do is more along the lines, put the rule up there than anything else. And that, that seemed right. to help. Now, once again, we're we're single wing. We're the Apopka style single wing. Darlington's mm-hmm. done wristbands for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I've seen his, and it, it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but anyway, I, good stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's different ways to do it. That's what I love about football, is there's so many different yep. ways to do this. Yep. 100%. Um, that's, that's the beauty of the game, man. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean... We're talking, you know, scheme. We're talking practice. How do you guys practice? Are you – a couple of questions. I've had this all season. Do you condition during practice or after practice? I mean. Uh, not anymore. We used to. Uh, anymore. I stopped doing that a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I, I'm going to say it this way. Our practices this year were horrible because mm-hmm. we were realizing we were playing catch-up. And and so 
I don't know. We they were inefficient. Mm-hmm. Well, they were kind of efficient, but I, they they were not good practices. We we got to get back to what we normally do. We do not condition in practice at all. We have the whole theory: you should be moving the entire time, and that's your conditioning. Uh, we have a hill near us that we would run sometimes on Mondays a little bit mm-hmm. at the beginning, but not much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea of wind sprints at the end and stuff, I'm I'm not down with that at all. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of studying this feed the cat stuff right now. That's mm-hmm. a little above me, but we might employ some elements of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, but what we fed it, in past years, when I had experienced guys, uh, we haven't tackled to the ground in quite a while, and that that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kept us pretty healthy at the end. Mm-hmm. And when we had our run from 2017 through 22, where we had a lot of a lot of good mm-hmm. years, um, a lot of that was attributed to can we condense? You know, can we get practice a little shorter? Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's not run them into the ground and let's not beat them to death. Um, right. You know, right. We were definitely healthier and fresher than the other guys in a lot of cases going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully next year we can get back to that because this year we were just like, holy smokes, what are we going to do with these guys? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm saying that about these kids. These kids are awesome. They're great kids. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pointing at me for where we were um and then a few of the kids who there's a handful that could have probably put in a little more effort here and there but that's another story for another day yeah yeah i mean we're in this thing because we love kids and we like how they are and how they act and even when they're knuckleheads but there's some years it's just man sometimes you're just trying to find find that mix and you just can't find it yep that that's us um and you know so once again, it, it's one of those, I mean, I've been the head coach at that school now. It's my 17th year I just finished. Mm-hmm. And here I'm sitting here talking to you going, yeah, we got to figure something out for next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of coaching. Every year is this new, it's just, its own thing. Every year is its own deal. 100%. And, you know, um, but what is interesting is we, we got the underclassmen in. Uh, I met with most of them individually kind of told them where we thought they stand right now and what they can do better with you know where they are that's doing well but i also we, we told them point blank you are going to buy into this off season you know if you're not playing another sport mm-hmm. you are with us or else you're telling us right now you, you don't plan on playing next year mm-hmm. and that's a scary proposition to put in front of anybody in high school because you need numbers right um but we were very adamant with these guys and, and York high school doesn't like to go three and seven. So th- these guys are right. taking some ownership for that record mm-hmm. and, you know, realizing, yeah, we're going to have to stick, step up this year. Mm-hmm. And so it, things are going well so far uh, with our, with our the beginning of our off season program anyway. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Are you guys, how many days a week are you guys? Are you doing core lifts every day or you do divided up upper body, lower body? How does that work for you guys? So we are Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays at the present moment. We'll stay like that. Uh, right now, what we did, we, I don't know. Does your school now have a required security guard that has to be there? No. Mm-mm. Okay. 
So I think the state of Virginia has required it. And all of a sudden they have created these brand new positions where we have two security guards in house all the time. And they're just really there in case craziness happens or they need to get a kid out of class and acting up or whatever. Well, one of them is a former special forces guy who approached us during the off season. He was like, Hey man, I love the weight room thing. I used to do it with special forces. Can I help you? I'm like, yep, let's go. So he, for more, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's now our, our uh, weight room guy, our, our strength and conditioning coordinator. And we do, you know, right now we're concentrating on two days upper and then one day just massive lower. That's what we mm-hmm. do. Thursdays are a big time lower day. Mm-hmm. And he's just putting a heavy concentration on, let's put some weight on these guys. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing that at the moment, trying to add weight, and then we'll turn the weight into muscle and, and, and you know, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also going to have, uh, starting in January, because right now we're only lifting, right. we're going to have a speed element before we lift um, mm-hmm. on one day, an agility element on another day, and then a character development element on the third day before mm-hmm. we lift. Then we lift, and then we're going to have football-related stuff afterwards. So nice. for all intents and purposes, you're looking at a 2.30 to 4.30 time frame that we're knocking all three of those out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and we plan on seeing that through very well. Um, but the weight room element's nice because he's, he's got it right now, and he's mm-hmm. doing really well with them. Kids love him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's this – professional wrestler looking dude to himself anyway he walks in the kids aren't messing with him. they're not messing with him you know? yeah they're not gonna mess with that guy no they're gonna do what he tells them to do <laughs> no that's correct so that's, it's nice to have that that's awesome what kind of clinics are you doing this all season what you getting into uh there is two things i'm looking to do not necessarily from a clinic standpoint if the single wing symposium comes back uh this year i'll be hitting that wherever it is well, that's our fraternity of the single wing guys, at least on the East Coast, um, mm-hmm. and a few guys out in the Midwest. I'll do that for sure. Um, we're looking to possibly go see Tyler Ferris in February. He doesn't know that yet, by the way. But um, So you should come ahead. and see me. I'm only like 40 minutes down the road. Okay, if 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 that happens, for sure, I'll come see you. That, that's happening for sure. That's I didn't fantastic. realize you were that close. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, cool. So – but we do want to go see him because to be honest with you, I want to find out how he practices. And, Mm -hmm. and I kind of know a little bit of it, but I want to, I want to find out for sure. This is what our practice day looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I I think I can learn some things, at least from an efficiency standpoint uh, from, from what he does. And then I don't know. I, I, I might catch uh, one or two clinics in Virginia here um, in the spring. We'll see. Okay. Uh, How about you? Man, doing stuff like this, uh, talking to different coaches, talking to Coach Sanborn in New Hampshire, talking to yourself, going to meet with Tyler. May do the Ohio Coaches Clinic. I was going to do that for sure. Then, uh, I don't know, maybe. And then really this podcast is how I steal a lot of ideas from people. Sure. Hey, give me what do you think? What's your practice like? And then we text back and forth and stuff too. And we have five kids at home, so I don't, I don't like go clinic at the moment very much because there's little ones running around. Well, Uh, see, here's a funny thing, Coach, about the clinic thing. When we've been doing this for a while, 
when I first got into coaching, going to coaches clinics to me was like, I get to see these famous people, these famous coaches. Right. Yeah. And I got to go to the Nike clinic and meet these guys. And, you know, and you'd get something good out of it. Um, but really over time it becomes, eh, this guy, I don't need to hear what he's telling me. Right. They, they do their way. I do my way. But then, you know, it, a lot of times it was the dude you hang out with in the hallway out there or at the restaurant nearby. Yes. And like you're talking about, it, you're putting stuff on a napkin and, and that's where you're, you're getting your great stuff. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, you're already clinicking. <laughs> you, you got it right doing this podcast right now. And mm -hmm. we get to benefit from that when we listen in, you know. Mm -hmm. The Stanborn thing is cool. So, you know, as you know, I contacted you the other day after uh, mm -hmm. talking to Coach Sanborn in New Hampshire. Well, that's where I got my start. Mm -hmm. And I, I started coaching in New Hampshire one year before him. Oh, my gosh. And, wow. Yeah. And so we're comparing notes. And when I we ended up talking on Tuesday on the phone for an hour. Mm. And, you know, it was funny because I, I started the conversation with, first of all, I'm going to justify that I'm a New Hampshire guy. I used to live there by mm -hmm. asking you a question. And he was like, all right. I said, when you get off, when you get off I-93 and you turn into Plymouth, is the gas station still there that has the line that marks the highest point of a flood they've ever had in that town? And he goes, it's still there. The line's still there. That's and awesome. Said, okay. And he goes, all right, you've been here. You know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And we were able to compare notes from back late 90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. when he was at Plymouth as an assistant. Mm -hmm. and, and I was, you know, at a place called Kearsarge High School. Mm. And, you know, the coach in that school, Lenahan, that dude was legendary. Yes. And I, I think he is the winningest coach in New England history. It, oh my it's gosh. something up there. But they were winning state championships year in and year out. And if you talk to Sanborn, Lenahan never played football. Right. That's what he told me. That, yeah. He wasn't even technically a football guy. Mm hmm in some ways now he was an old school dude though mm -hmm. you know you walk in a room with lenahan he, he controlled the room I'll tell you that right now that it's funny how that works you know some people just yeah. have that that moxie oh yeah yeah he had this old deep voice he, he was an interesting guy i remember him and we're talking 20 22 years ago mm -hmm. you know but it, it's just so cool to get on some of these podcasts and listen to some of these guys. I get more out of podcasts in, in a lot of cases now than they do out of clinics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it, the, some of those clinics were fine. I, I worked in Nike clinic in Northern Virginia one year, mm -hmm. uh, right after Dabble won the natty, his first mm -hmm. natty. And mm -hmm. he came in, I got to chat with him for a couple minutes, get a picture with him and my daughter. That's um, cool. James Franklin was there that day. It's fun to listen to those guys. I've uh, mm -hmm. been in the room with Saban one time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it just interesting to hear him, but mm -hmm. you get so only so much from, from those types of clinics. Yeah. That's, that's, it's awesome, man. It's awesome to do that kind of stuff. Coach, as we, as we land the plane on the podcast this afternoon, I would love to kind of, you, know, you came off a season, you did a rebound season, right? A young, young team. Yep. And I'm coming off of, you know, we went three and seven, five and five back down to three and seven, Yep. What are you like? What are some things you're going to do this year that are going to help you kind of get it going again? You know what I mean? Like you've talked about a lot of that, but what's like another nugget for us here on the podcast? Absolutely. So, for the record, um, the last time we had a season like this, we've only had a handful, only a couple. 
but in 2016, we went one and nine. And it, it, it was one of those perfect storms. Again, I lost coaches that year. I lost a, a, our best player to a transfer. Like the week school got out going into his senior year. Um, and so my big thing that year was, all right, the culture remained true because our players played hard, but it allowed me still to do some resetting of the culture and resetting of how we did things in our program and a sit down with the coaches with, all right, call me a football nerd, call me a weirdo. These little things we're going to be doing going mm -hmm. forward. And you're either in with me or you're not. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, they all bought in and went with me. And so we went from one and nine to the next year. We were in the regional championship. We went nine and four. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so uh, that reminded me of this year. It's, it's once again, to me, culture is always evolving. You know, it, yeah. you have to evolve sometimes with culture and we have some reset buttons we need to push in certain areas mm -hmm. and, you know, we need to practice practicing correctly during the spring and summer mm -hmm. so that we can get our practices back in line and doing the right things there. Mm -hmm. And then just the whole idea of reminding ourselves that it's more, more than just football, you know, mm -hmm. we need to develop character here. We need to have these guys bought in as a program going into august um so it, it's little things like that uh and and then just a reminder to myself of believe in what you do and do it mm. and mm. Quit, quit drawing plays you're not going to be using you know mm -hmm. um and and just get better at those few things that you already do and and mm. i think that's where we are now so yeah every program i don't care if you win it every year or not you do need to look into your culture at times and see what little buttons need to be pushed to maybe alter in a positive way or right. whatever. And as a head coach, just keep reminding yourself, this is your program. Mm -hmm. Got to be done your way, whether you're not everyone else, you know, mm -hmm. thinks it's mm -hmm. nerdy or not or whatever. You, you got to mm -hmm. do it your way. So. Coach, that is beautiful. Thank you for your wisdom, coach. I always appreciate it. Hey, Amen. Great to be back on with you, uh, Coach. And uh, I'll tell you right now, if we head up there in February, like we're talking about, we are going to meet face to face. Yes, and, please. Uh, have a whole have an old Liberty University handshake there. I like uh, that. And you know, and celebrate their win over Oregon. Absolutely. Uh, Let's go Flames. <laughs> we'll see if it happens, bud. But uh, anyway, it's all good, man.